I'm Lauren. And I'm Annie. Welcome, Welcome to, to Burf Barf. <laughs> Not an aggressive high five, just because of proximity of our microphones to our mouths, which I Closer. promise you want. You want You it. want us to be so close into your ear holes. <laughs> Starting off saucy so and weird. Close that we give you sweaty balls. <laughs> I love it. I love NPR sound. Tingles like, in your Pringles. Yeah. I know, I do too. I do too. Except for we accidentally scream into your ear holes all the time. So... To start off the show today, we uh, we don't have any new Patreons, and that's okay, but we do have some celebrations yeah. that we would like to share with you. Yeah. I gotta kick it off instantly about my main dude, Taylor Bud. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. I, I, I'm i blown away. Uh, Taylor set out on her first 100 this past weekend at Lake Martin. I feel like a common goal for a first 100 is simply to, to finish. To finish. Yeah, that's what Taylor did, right? Huh. No. Is that what happened? Not exactly. Close though, right? What what Taylor did was <laughs> one and then set the female course record. I'm sorry, what did did you did you just say that she won it and she set the course record? Yes, Lauren, I did. So I was mid nap and opened one eye to see how many minutes left were on my timer for my nap, and I saw that she had texted me this message, so I sat up in my jammies with my pants half off and FaceTimed her immediately. So are you saying that you were napping with your pants half down? <laughs> Sometimes you gotta nap. Okay. Just wanna get the back straight. <laughs> she wasn't making tremendous amounts of sense, but that makes sense because I think she had slept for two hours and then she got the weird jumpy tingly legs. Uh, did finish the race with two shots of fireball and then told the race director she'd be back and do three next year, so... She's our kind of people, and we tip our hat to you. Wow. Uh, Good job on your first hundred. My lord, dude. Way to be so extra. You can actually stop running ultras now. Yeah, you You did it. You can really hang it up. You did it, Taylor. Also hard styling with her own awards, which is really fucking dope. (laughs) Cool. Okay, you've got some other announcements. Uh, I was just going to say, Ohio Backyard uh, was recently, and just wanted to say kudos to all the people that did that race yeah like a ton of our friends yeah a ton of our friends columbus friends Heidi, Athens friends jessica shiflet shitloads of our friends were out there on that horrible course that we heard was muddy this year oh yeah which makes it just doubly hard so good on you if you stuck it out for more than a single loop or even actually i think if you did a single loop what's up timory <laughs> <laughs> Did Timory do one That mode? would be my That's mode. Good. If I were to have gone, I would have done that exact mode. So kudos to everyone, including those who said, that's enough. Thank you so much. One and done. <laughs> uh, okay, so the main event for our conversation today is a bicycle race. <laughs> why did we do a bicycle race? I don't know. It's too close to having done it for me to explain to you why. Yeah, so we're recording this the Monday after having done the event on Saturday. Usually we have a little bit more space between events. However, I do like when we record this close to the Mm-mm. actual event Mm-mm. because it's still really raw. Yeah. No, it's good. It doesn't give us time for the pain amnesia to set in and Mm -hmm. i know that you already want to do this again because that's who you are as a human being and i still am steadily in the category of absolutely fuck no and i will definitely do it with you next year and i also hate you in advance i have a lot of i have a lot of feelings still you know what i i think this race is the reason why i woke up in a bad mood (laughs) 
And that <laughs> never happened. Like, I thought that I didn't care about this race, and it turns out I really did. Oh. And I woke up grumpy as hell about this for a few reasons, but we'll get into that. Okay. So we'll lay the, the groundwork. So the Death March ride is put on by the Dino Race Series, D-I-N-O. It's something Indiana... And oh, <laughs> we don't do acronyms. <laughs> um, and Death March uh, has actually been going on for quite a while. Like Which is amazing is... that they haven't worked out the point structure. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, so this was uh, Laura Calmtoy's idea to do this event. And oh, a good one. We I should sen- call her. <laughs> yeah. So we signed up um, as a bike navigation race. And it fit well with what we're trying to accomplish this spring. It was not that far away. It was held in Brown County, Indiana, which is notorious for a lot of dope things. Like, I grew up riding uh, the trails there on horses. You've done a lot of mountain biking there. Like, they have some meticulously groomed mountain bike uh, trails. Yeah, we didn't see any of those trails. Um, But it was also just three and a half hours away, so a a really solid event for a lot of reasons. Uh, we have a also a podcast correction before we begin discussing our team and all the badass things that our team does. The Burf Barf Racing Expansion Pack uh, <laughs> in, includes two very dear friends of ours, our best friends, really, who have last names that are hard. Mm-hmm. And that's Laura Calm Toys and Amanda Boli. And I think we have fucked it up many times, but we will not fuck it up again. So there's our podcast correction for you. And... Amanda will forever be the correct name because she's now Amanda Bullseye Bullseye. You can buy her maple syrup at stores around town in Medina County. <laughs> That's not a county, is it? Maybe. I don't Seems know. Seems like it should be. But yeah. Anyway. So the four of us went to this event. Uh, it's two-person teams, and you're allowed to ride together as many teams as you want to. Um, and I, I feel like... I'm uncovering facts about how this race works all the time, so I don't even feel like I can say this is how it works because I don't. I still kind of don't understand. It's pretty complicated, and we are familiar with some complicated point structures. I'm a smart person. I know you are. I mean, at some point, the USARA points qualifying formulas were the most complicated thing I had ever seen, and they eliminated those, thankfully. But this is up there. Yeah. Do you want me to say more about I it? I don't know. I just, I don't even know kind of like where to start with the, the facts. So, so you... it, it's a route that is, they say, they had said like 90% on roads if you want it to be. That's not necessarily true if you want to get some of the super time bonusy checkpoints. So it is technically a gravel race with uh, cemeteries that you have to reach and take a photograph of yourself to prove that you were there. Some of those cemeteries are really deep into the woods on crazy bridal trails that take a lot of work to get to that are completely, I would say, untrails, dismantled, crumbly crevices of trails. We did a lot of hike a bike in. Mm-hmm. And so you don't get a course map. They provide a list of cemeteries before the race, and it's your responsibility to understand where the cemeteries are, either because... You train there a lot. You have a GPX file that covers most of the cemeteries. You purchase a map and you mark where all the possible cemeteries are. And then on race day, they eliminate two from the list and create a core group of five 
mandatory cemeteries that you have to go to. And outside of the five mandatory cemeteries, you don't have to go to any of them if you want to. But for any cemetery that's not a mandatory cemetery, 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 <laughs> there is a time bonus. So, for example, we, the difficult one that Lauren was just referencing, Callahan Cemetery, you got a 50-minute time bonus for having got to that cemetery and you prove that you got to each cemetery by taking a picture of the two people on your team along with your bike numbers to show that you actually went there these i think are things that i know to be true those are true (laughs) so it's it's an unusual format it's kind of like minorly an orienteering race but also majorly a bike race there we we showed up definitely thinking like this is a orienteering bike race yeah it was a bike race with some navigation. Yeah, I think you really can strategically ride this more as a hardcore gravel race, go wicked fast, skip the time bonuses, and still win, which is one of the strategies that you can employ when you do this race, which is I'm pretty sure, I'm assuming, what the leaders are doing. I don't I don't know. I know. I looked at last year to see the male winner, the male winning team, and they did make it to Callahan. So... I'll assume that they take cross or gravel bikes and they shoulder them and they literally run up those bizarre climbs that we had to hoof through. I don't know. So I got a little PTSD. We came into the parking lot that morning at 8.30. The race started at 9.30, which is a super late time to start a race, in my opinion. Which was great. I was not a fan. Um, I'm a grump right now. I'm a fan. I liked it. I started to see, like, people in their full kits with their teams on their super fucking pro carbon cross bikes and i just wanted to like start rocking back and forth and be like no 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 bad bad like because for context you were a a redlining bike racer for a long long time yeah like before like literally want to shit your pants anxiety about a start line because you were out for blood yeah yeah and that was before i met annie and before we started before i started trail running before i started ultra running that was the center of my world. And I got out of it because trail running was so much more chill and there was just time to sort your race strategy out. And like you weren't going for the whole shot and like thinking that you might, you know, just get run over by a hundred bikes in the first 10 seconds of a race, which has actually happened to me as well. <laughs> that was fun. Um, so I started to get pretty panicky, but I, this was a day filled with, uh, it was a roller coaster ride of emotions from, oh, oh, this will be fun, to, oh, shit, I can't do this, to, like, oh, this is a normal orienteering race, we'll be fine. We were in the minority in that the people who were at the starting line, there were very few of us who had map boards and actual paper maps. The probably 25 to 30 dudes at the start line who were right near the line had garments, but like took no note of the changes made within the last 10 minutes before the race. Just listened to the race director, nodded and then we're ready to go and i was just mystified by that i i don't i don't understand like i i i'm i am excited to understand what everybody else did because i don't understand like is there just like one route that works for you like were they all mostly doing a training ride like you didn't know know all of the mandatory cemeteries until the morning of which luckily the extra mandatories were like they would have to be on anybody's route but i it just seemed like everybody already knew exactly the route they were doing it is mostly a circle and when we did ask there was a a mixed team 
with one woman who I'm pretty sure is an adventure racer and her friend Richard. And we just, I, we made friends with Richard because we saw him a few of the times that day. But I was like, Richard, how do you, how did you know what to do? And he's like, I ride here. And that was the answer. Yeah. So it is just familiarity with the course. Um, so Richard's uh, teammate was Casey Hill. Badass bitch. <laughs> She's baddie. Yeah. Um, but we had a lot of, we had quite a few female adventure racers that we knew out on the course, which was really fun to ride with them. And we had a full female division, which I think you needed, to, there needed to be five teams in order to have uh, prize money for first place, which was cool. Um, that's a new thing for me. Uh, and there was seven all-female duos, including our two birth barf teams, which was, which was awesome. It was like, awesome. That it's uh it's just fun to it's fun to have a full division so i was stoked about that yeah absolutely especially in bike racing women continue to be highly underrepresented can't tell you how many times i've raced myself in mountain bike races uh it's did you win or did you lose against yourself well it depends on how you frame it i did i stop for a hot dog a lemonade and a beer maybe i did i did do that (laughs) luckily so did your competition (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh god you're such a, I know. such a dad joke i know i'm sorry <laughs> um in early in the race we were kind of pleased to find that there was a an okay amount of trail and a ton of mud which we are well suited for yeah and i i was looking back to amanda and we were like this is dope and i was looking it up at you guys and you were like yeah so yeah everyone was vibing pretty strong yeah in the mud sections and we were one of the only i don't know i don't know if you mentioned this piece specifically we were one of the only ones on mountain bikes i yes. think there was maybe maybe 10 people on mountain bikes maybe out of the hundred um and, and the something. rest were on gravel bikes or some kind of hybrid or so, not a hybrid a, <laughs> like a hybrid of things not a hybrid like that would have been bike, a commuter rough bike. Go. <laughs> that would have been a long day i don't know it would have been longer than our heavy ass mountain bikes but yeah so we had a little bit of a handicap there i would say yeah but starting out being in the so we decided to go counterclockwise and that put us in the mud first which was great it was great it really it was and that it was mud, super fun it was like the most rideable mud i think we've ever yeah been it in. wasn't mega slippy it was just giant puddles and the cross bike people were shouldering or like they were portaging or shouldering and like we would we would yo-yo with them because they would get ahead of us on a flat and they'd get in through the, all this bullshit and we just catch them every time yeah uh we got through the mud section then it was like a lot of gravel trail we went to the fire tower which Ugh. it was Lauren in a fire tower you did really well it was it was a pretty high fucking it was wobbly and there yeah. were too many people on it yeah there was a lot of things the going stairs on were narrow and i was trying to drink a beer and then i couldn't get the liner of my glove to work and then i full-blown like kindergartner panicked you played it off well, Thank even you. when you couldn't get your glove on. Um, we should also give a shout out to uh, the beer of the weekend, which was Upland Brewing, one of the event sponsors, Upland Brewing's Champagne Velvet Pilsner. <laughs> I think it's a Pilsner. Um, I don't know. But it was it, delicious. And the can was just fucking perfect. I just, I, I don't want to drink any other beer but Champagne Velvet. It it's, just, looking a... at the can makes me feel good. Drinking <laughs> it makes me feel good. Like, it's very much like Neo Your Dad beer. Yeah. Like a classy Neo version of like Grandpa Garage beers. Yeah. And it was delicious. Mana and I split one to the top. Oh, you have a special obsession with all the 
very warm, fuzzy graffiti that was yeah. inside the fire tower at the oh, very yeah. top. There was like, it, it was, the graffiti at the top was just great. Like, it seemed like two people go up there frequently and have just curated the graffiti up there. It was like, cartoon you bears. are beautiful. And like, cartoon bears. And like, uh, visualize vast wilderness. And just, <laughs> smash the patriarchy. feel good stuff. Yeah. Like, also, I loved spring peepers gone peep yeah that's my personal highlight yeah so the tower was a great experience i also had a beer and carried it all the way up and all the way down as i was sipping it like it was that part was that was part was wild and and fun and, and i think we, we had gone like 20 miles or something by then mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. So we came back down from the tower, like they had an aid station there. I don't think that's what it's called. I think it was called something different in bike terms. No, it's called an aid oh, station. Okay. Yeah. So they had an aid station, which maybe it's not. I'm not uh, used to having aid stations at anything with navigation in it. So that felt fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and we took off from the tower in the right direction. <laughs> Spoiler: due south. <laughs> and we wanted to go west. Um, these are the kind of nav mistakes that make us stronger. Yeah. They're the <laughs> I was going to say they're the I feel like they're the hardest mistakes for me to sort out how to avoid them because we know where we're going. Mm, I and would then, say it's pausing. I was rushing us for sure cuz I wanted to stay quick in and out of aid stations or in and out of checkpoints or photograph stations and I think that maybe orienting ourselves following a grab mm-hmm. is something that we need to practice in adventure racing generally. Yeah. And we did, we went two miles due South and we were with a bunch of people that were doing a different, completely different route selection. It just felt right. It and looks like so much more than two miles on the Strava. It looks it like was. 10. Yeah. Eh, it wasn't 10, but it, it looks, huge. it was, a, it was a while. And then we just had to, we, stopped and it was like okay is there a way that we can we rework our route but we had planned our route to clear all the cemeteries so going back to like i don't know what the move is for this event but we had planned a course that went to every single cemetery and was about 83 miles for the day so there were some options there was like a pretty clear outlier near the end of our course cemetery wise it was like it was like eight miles out of the way so it was like if we need to cut time that's an easy one to cut towards the end, but our our plan was to hit all of the cemeteries. So when we took a wrong direction and we were looking at if it made sense to just turn around or to rework our route somehow, we landed on just turning around and going back to the tower to go back the way we intended straight west. And uh, we did a pretty good job shaking it off as a team. I'm speaking for Laura. But, you know, oh, yeah. Laura was pissed like because it it just sucked. I don't think I noticed that. I think I was still in a good mood then. And we had also, we had been yo-yoing with a couple of the other female teams for pretty much the whole first section. Like, and they uh, got away from shout us. out to Karen and Dell of Chickpoints. Yeah. Like, you're who we had in mind, like who we were, who we were keeping up with during the day. And we were stoked to be keeping up. We you. were indeed we happy were, to see you. I don't feel like we've gotten an opportunity to be hanging around y'all long from a speed and nav skill perspective. So to be around you that long w- felt really good. Indeed. And so when we had that detour, it was like, dang, we're not going to be around them. It was a bummer because I was starting to taste the blood a little bit of like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a bike race. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there was a little bit of like a... Uh, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. 
But we got back to the tower, reset, continued on our way on our counterclockwise loop. And I'm trying to think of what else was notable. We continued around the way. We were all... uh, No, I'm saying like next notable. There's lots of notable stuff. So we continued on our loop and we got towards where our counterclockwise loop started to head back towards the east. So if we started at noon, let's say we're in the... We're in like the seven o'clock spot on the clock uh, when thinking about the loop as a mm-hmm, circle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's when we saw Karen and Dell again. So they had gone to go into a checkpoint and had gone in quite a ways the way that we had intended oh, to go as well. Roads, yeah. And they had come back out on a big out and back and said, uh, you, can't, you can't go that way. It, it, but you dead end into private property, and that was one of the rules for the event was not traveling on private property. So we would have absolutely gone that way if they had not come back out. So we ended up being back around them, which was great, mm-hmm. and continued to uh, continued on the right way to get to the next cemetery. Got to go over a really cool old abandoned bridge. Yeah. And then see some cute cows, which made me happy. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what else I was paying attention to. I think to. we were still happy at that point. The sun was shining. The wind was the not was blasting shining. us in our eyeballs yet. Although we it we had had day. some wind. It was because, windy. Yeah. It was kind of a wild weather day. Um, people in the area had said it had been 70 degrees the week weekend before or something like that. It was very, very windy and gusty. And cold. Um, it was about 33 degrees all day. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, three of the four of us kept jackets on the whole time, and I don't count because I'm a furnace when I'm in motion. Were and you I not s- wearing a jacket? No. I took it... I was, and I took it off, like, immediately. Wow. I had it I had it tied around my waist the whole day. But I had... Oh, yeah. I had two shirts on, which in Annie Lang language means it's very, very cold. <laughs> <laughs> um... So, yeah, so the second time we were around Karen and Dell, that's when happiness left my body. Oh, dear. <laughs> okay. I think we're I think we're at that stage. I just I I don't it's it's just a combination of a lot of things. I'll start with like and I'll, I will be sure to acknowledge which things are logical and which are not. Okay. <laughs> so one of the logical things I can say is I am not nearly as experienced cycling as you, Laura, or Amanda. And that is consoling to me. Like, Laura has been riding adventure races for 15 years. You are a accomplished cyclist and have ridden across the country. Amanda has been mountain biking for several years and also mountain biked across or biked across the country on a mountain bike on a mountain bike with sneakers bike shorts and and, a backpack and a backpack so she's she's a gritty hard af cyclist i you retaught me how to ride my bike in the summer of 2019 Mm -hmm. and that's the extent of my experience at this point so uh i give all this context because i was trying so fucking hard and pushing myself as hard as I could and was just like uh, like half like half to full football field away from you guys like for a whole section that I just could not 
I just could not keep up. I could not be around you guys. Like I, not, I couldn't be around you guys. I could not keep up. I was pushing as hard as I could and I couldn't keep up. And it was so demoralizing and I felt so pitiful and just angry at the facts. And like, at one point you, you like hung back and you were like, are you mad? And I was like, yeah, I'm mad at reality. <laughs> like mm -hmm. I'm not able to cycle at the same level that you guys are. And it just, it, it makes me feel so bad, so bad. Like, and my brain starts to spiral really fast in those scenarios. And like, you know, I know that part of it is I'm, you know, I work really hard in the things that I do to not be, I'll say the lesser performer. And so when I'm in those positions, it's not something that I'm used to or feel comfortable with. And God damn it. Like at one point I just was like, I need this. And just like screamed fuck for like a whole right minute. Right into my ear. Right <laughs> into my right ear. Just directly into it. I did not. Oh, you 100% did. I was facing forward when I yelled it. No. <laughs> I don't feel bad. I had to have it. No, I don't. I'm not mad at you. Uh, but it went into my ear. <sighs> and I felt, honestly, I felt kind of felt similar at Shenandoah last year too. So I don't know if this is like an early season race thing where I'm not as tuned up as I'd like to be, but like I had a lot of frustration at Shenandoah too, where I just like, we haven't been biking yeah, at all. I know. What could you, ex what could we possibly expect to come out of this? I know, but you guys also have not been biking a whole lot either. And I'm still... There are other facts that are missing from the story. Okay. And those facts are skills with the bicycle that have nothing to do with power, endurance, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Also, mm -hmm. you have the biggest, heaviest bike by probably 10 pounds and the greatest amount of rolling resistance because of your tire type and size. I know. This, that's not nothing. That's like dragging a sled of bricks behind you when we all have much lighter bikes. So there are other facts that like contribute to the situation. Yeah. Here. Yeah. It doesn't change that I had a huge section of this race that I felt angry, frustrated, and pitiful. I'm so in touch with this feeling. I've been feeling this feeling for about 13 years. I've, I've been in this position so many times in my life where I would be behind like, Taylor Cruz, Chris Arndt, Kristen Arnold, and they would go up a climb in Hocking Hills two to three times faster than me. And I would just be like, you have to make peace with this. You came to ride. You're getting stronger. They're much stronger than you. And this is not a speech to you. Yeah. This is just my experience that mirrors your experience. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is how I'll get faster. And I'm also like, I'm probably stronger than someone else who's also starting. They're just not behind me right now. Yeah. So I'm just going to picture the people who are slower than me and put them behind me. And it's, and I, I recognize that too. Like I'm all like, I remember having this feeling when I did Pinhoti in like 26 and a half hours and feeling like I work so hard to be average. This is bullshit. And being like, that's not average. Like mm -hmm. I, I can, I mm -hmm. can see that it's not average. Like I know it's not average to go out and do over a hundred K on a bike on a Saturday, like uh, on a windy ass day with almost, uh, almost 5,000 feet of gain. Mm -hmm. Like I can recognize that it just, 
It still affects you. Yes. I know. It still affects me. I feel me. that. And, and being on a team. Like, being on a team is great for a lot of reasons. I put a lot of pressure on myself to, like, it is hard to be, feel, not feel. It's hard to be the slowest person on the team and know that you can, your team can only move as fast as you can move. Yeah. I mean, I spent parts of the day feeling the same exact way, where I was just watching Amanda and Laura pull away from me and think, this is it. This is the most I can give. And then, like, I had a couple spiteful times where I'm like, I'm going to get in front of them so that they don't pull us away. Or I was, like, just blocking them on the walk climbs where I was just, like, like in, the, in these terrible, gnarly yeah. hike-a-bike sections. And I just thought... I'm going to get ahead of them and walk whatever pace I want. So I was also feeling like, what the fuck? And a little spiteful. And just like, you know, I have a history of biking. I feel like I have an okay base fitness. I've been on the trainer a little bit. And I felt like, how? Why? Are they so effortlessly good at this? I also feel like this is a time to call it the phenomenon of... So I feel like whenever I or someone I know is drunk... (laughs) Or really drunk. Everybody else seems sober because they're not as drunk as you. And I feel like in these kind of races, when I feel the most pitiful, I feel like no one else can be feeling pitiful because I, everybody that le- seems less pitiful than me seems like they're having a good time. So in my head all day, everybody else was fine. Everybody else was totally like normal. But like I can see like when we got towards the end and Amanda was behind me, like there was times where I could, I could tell that she needed to push to stay with our pace line. And Laura, Laura, uh, Laura pulled for us for forever. And then she had to drop off. And like, you gave it a million percent at the end to drag us in. Like, and that was not, that was not easy for you. But in my head, I'm like, I'm the only one that's having a hard time. <laughs> Laura pulled us. I've got to, I've got to say it. Laura yeah. pulled us for so many miles, so relentlessly. In like 30 mile hour gusts, gusts with snow in our fucking eyeballs. Like just without complaining, never pulling off, just mind blowing. Full blown psycho. Full blown psycho. Again, back to full blown psycho mode. Also the slightest, the slightest individual among us blocking the rest of us behind her yeah thank you it was amazing it was amazing so i don't know i i just i want to make sure that i identify and think about this because like it's not it is not a reaction that i want to continue to have because it really just when you feel like you're doing a bad job cycling and then you feel bad about feeling yeah, bad you're wasting your energy it just makes it worse it's like yes. when you make a navigation mistake and you are so distracted by beating yourself up that you don't continue to navigate or perform at your best after that yeah you're just duplicating the 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 resistance of your energy loss by feeling like flogging yourself <sighs> makes me think of my uh oft-referenced lauren fleshman quote practice doing the task well without added drama or meaning yeah like it's it's the same way like stressing your out self out about going to do a speed work session just makes it worse it Mm -hmm. doesn't make the task any easier for you Mm -hmm. so i i really want to cultivate more calmness Mm -hmm. and giving myself grace Mm -hmm. which you reference often and on where I am 
like in my abilities. Mm-hmm. I wish I had learned something from this race. I'm really scanning. I think I'm too fresh off it. I didn't. I really didn't hate it. I hated the roller coaster ride afterwards of trying to figure out what place we got and then finding out. Can I yeah. just spoil it? Well, we're still kind of not to the end of the race, so maybe oh. not yet. So, All right, fine. Oh, but very close. How about you, this? So we'll you wrap and it your up. linear storytelling. I know. I I just. Anyway, so I I had a really pitiful section, and then somehow when we got to, like, I think once we got off the really rough trail mm-hmm. and stuff, and we got to the end, and we're like, oh, shit, we need to knock out, like, 16 miles oh, in, two, right. hour, in so, two hours. This is what happened. I was talking to Amanda. She was reading the map. She was counting miles, and I tried to do some math, and I was like, okay, so we would legitimately have to keep a pace of eight miles an hour until the end with stops. And I was like, I don't know if that's possible, but we need to relay that to the rest of the team. So you came up alongside us and I was like, I need to, I need to conference with you guys. And Annie thought that I did not mean. You said Laura ride with me. And I, no, I said, I need to conference with you guys. I didn't say Laura's name at all. In my, you were very in your head, very in your head. (laughs) It's because you were all obviously mad at how slow I was. No. I know. I was trying to give reasonable and accurate math about what we needed to do, and that was that we needed to do eight miles an hour, and we were going to try to check in and see if that was possible or not. At that moment, I thought maybe so, but really, really pushing it. Especially since we had been on a section of trail that was very, very slow. Yes, and you thought that I was trying to say we're going to cut our losses and then you and I are going to fall back. Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> Absolutely fucking not. We're a team. Thanks for but nothing, Brian. Annie and I rode crew. We, gro- rode, <laughs> we cr- rode crew together. <laughs> we rode crew. No. Yep. Yes, Can't even we do it wrong. Cr- Can't even do we, it wrong. We did. We crew. What is it? We rode crew together. We rode crew together. Yeah, that's yeah. just a really obscure reference. Um. Yes, no. No one was going to leave so you. Then, so then we were like, okay, we're going to be in a time crunch for the rest of this. Which, it is wild to have two hours left in an eight and a half hour race and be like, well, we're in a time crunch and we have two hours left. Right. So we're going to have to go at the speed of light for two full hours when Annie's already like Boy, z- zapped out. And I had not pulled Brain up zapped. at all. Completely zapped. So yeah, on that I was just like, and I think I even told you I was Maybe, I don't know if I said it in my head or told you, but I was like, having a conversation about pace doesn't really impact me because yeah. this is as fast, I'm going yeah. as fast yeah. as I can go. And Amanda and I were talking, we were like, let's hurry up to the top of this climb so we can map. We weren't trying to like purposefully get away from yeah. you guys. Oh, I, my brain was scrambled. Yeah. No. So we were like, I don't think we'll make it. And she was like, yeah, I don't think so. And I was like, I don't think it matters. She was like, yeah, I don't think we'll be remembered by how we did at the death march. And I was like, yeah, I don't think so either. It'd just be fun to race or to ride it and like whatever. And she was like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so what you thought was a conversation about us cutting our losses, which mm-hmm. is, which was actually a conversation about like, meh, could we do it? Probably not. Nobody gives a That's fuck. okay. Mm-hmm. Do you want a gummy bear? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh God. Hey Annie, do you want a five hour energy? Never mind. I drank it. I drank it. Do you want some gummies? Never mind. I ate them. I ate them. <laughs> uh, so we got to the last part of the route, and there was a lot more road, but there was also a lot more wind because of that. And several substantial climbs. But we we knocked off a bunch of cemeteries because they were on our way to our second to last mandatory. Five, five cemeteries. Two mandatories, five in total. There was a lot to do. Yeah. Um, 
and we just kept chugging along and chugging along and there was a lot of wind it was wild like we would turn a corner and you would just see we would all four of our bikes like skitter out of it it was it was so gnarly and we got to uh our second or we were on our way to our last mandatory right before the finish line the last mandatory cemetery was 1.8 miles from the finish, from the direction <laughs> we were coming. And we were about two and a half miles out, and we had 12 minutes left. And I was like, hey. We had, we had 1.6 miles when we had 12 minutes left. Hmm. We, there's no way we, we, we would have believed that we could have done over three miles in 12 minutes. It wasn't over. It was like two and a half miles. We weren't, but I said the 12 minute thing before we got to the last cemetery. So it had to have been over 1.8. Because remember, we were hustling to take our cemetery Mm -hmm. picture. Because I had said like, because we had kind of given up that like we were going to be over time. Yeah. And Laura had said, if a man can run a six minute mile, if a person can run a six minute mile, we could probably do this. Yeah. So we hustled to get our last cemetery picture. And then we kept a really tight pace line right into the fucking wind. And, uh, I think Laura still pulled for maybe a second after we got out of the last cemetery and then she pulled, she dropped back and you pulled, you pulled us and we hammered for the last 1.8 miles. And like I yelled out, we had 0.9 miles to go that we're halfway between the last cemetery and the end. Um, I wasn't even checking the clock time by then. Um, but we pulled into the finish and we were three minutes past uh, 6 p.m., which is when they noted that their race ended. Um, so it was a weird, it was a weird experience. So we were really stoked because we had pushed really hard for the last section. And after having such a slow going, uh, where we had some more dumb nav mistakes, we had points like the part where I was mentally low, we were so fucking slow it was just a really hard section. So to be able to end with all of us pushing hard together, that that felt really great. Mm-hmm. Like, regardless of what else happened, us being, like, tight and, like, just pushing and hammering mm-hmm. for that last mm-hmm. part felt really satisfying. So we get in with three minutes left. We show all of our – or three minutes past six. We show all of our pictures – to show to verify that we went to all the cemeteries. At no point does anyone say in the tent, you guys are over, your time is unofficial. Yeah, and this is one of the things I don't understand about this race either. So, again, I think it's the difference between if it's a bike race or it's a navigation race or it's a, if it's a bike adventure race. I, I, I thought... And I don't know that it explicitly says on anywhere on the website. And I fucking hate being this curmudgeon like nitpicky person it It doesn't so i think i had assumed that there would be a penalty assessed of some kind and i also didn't understand pre-race like how the time bonuses per cemetery worked versus like the number of cemeteries so what i understand in this moment is that the number of cemeteries doesn't matter it's your it is your time that you ended on the, including all of the time bonuses for each cemetery that you got Subtracted to. from your total time. Yes. So if somebody hauled ass and just got the five mandatory grave uh, cemeteries and didn't get any time bonuses, they're still going to beat out people who fuck mm-hmm. 
cleared every single cemetery mm-hmm. if they did it mm-hmm. in a in a long enough time. It makes me think of like the Arnold pump and run where it's like if you bench press so much for so much time, you get a time bonus for your 5K. So you mm-hmm. could end up with like a 5K time of like two minutes, three minutes. Yeah. yeah. Or something like that. Or the the Tour de Donut bike ride yeah 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 you get points yeah. off of your time you get time off of your total finish time from d- per each donut that you eat and i ate 12 ps so you could end up with a tour de donut bike ride time of like eight minutes or something crazy like so mm-hmm. uh that that's how i understand the ranking for this event to have worked as well and mm-hmm. so i admittedly Again, thinking like there would be a penalty of some kind for being late, but not like it was also a not DQ. clear. We heard at the start, "Be back here by six. That's all. That's the only thing I heard. I heard foods at three, awards at four. Be back here by six. That's all I heard. Yeah. So I don't know. So can we get to the point where we had mm-hmm. to ride a roller coaster ride? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I got to eat an Impossible Burger and chug a beer afterwards, which made me feel amazing. Story Inn. Uh, the Story Inn in Story, Indiana. Inconveniently located, as they call it. Uh, was such a nice thing it to have. It was very after, cool. Like, to have a hot meal and a drink afterwards. Oh, man. In a dirty, weird antique basement that was just blasting weird alt country. It was, I was really into it. good. I was into it. It was really good. Highly recommend Story Inn in Story, Indiana. So on the way home, we're looking at the pictures that we snapped of the finishing times on the screen in the tent. And from from our calculations, we're pretty sure we won. <laughs> so we got really excited about it. And then we saw some more race uh, results come in, and it looked like we might have gotten second according to our time and time bonuses. Found out days later... That I mean, not days later. It was Saturday. Oh, was it really? No. Today is Monday. We found out that we were unofficial yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. Yes, Sunday. Um, so went from feeling like we won to feeling like we got second to realizing that we basically got DQ'd. So it's a lot of feelings. To it is a lot on a of Monday feelings. Morning. And I don't. This goes back to how we started this episode. Like I don't understand. So they did awards at four, mm-hmm. and they gave out the women, all women teams, first, second, and third place. Which doesn't make sense if there's two more hours for because, you to come in, because women could come in and have gotten all of the time bonuses and beat the women standing on the podium. And they didn't know that our two birth barf teams were going to be three minutes late. So they, so you, we, yeah. they put, the RD responded very quickly to our inquiry about mm-hmm. how the rankings work. So I do mm-hmm. appreciate that and want to give a shout out to that um, because race weekends are crazy busy. Um, but the it was just kind of convenient that we ended up being three minutes over time because if, if we, we hadn't, hadn't we would have taken second and third place and the awards would have already gone out to the second and third so place it's female team kind of a lousy format for those of us who are orienteers who don't ride fast but are very good at getting checkpoints and hidden places yeah so i just i just don't understand and i i would be more than happy if there's any like there ha- i know that there's die hard death march people oh, like i'm sure I, I i would love to understand how the time ranking works if it's always been understood that the end cutoff time like it's a the cutoff time or dq is it traditional that has it like never happened before that someone took a longer time but had a better time with time bonuses like 
I don't understand giving out awards at four unless I'm missing like a math possibility. No. It just... You're not, because we are the math possibility if we didn't go three minutes yeah, over. Yeah, if we didn't go three minutes over. Three fucking minutes in an eight and a half hour day. It kind of makes me want to kill myself a little bit this morning. Not actually. Sorry, trigger warning. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Lots of feelings. I I actually loved the event. We wore death-themed attire. Mm-hmm. It... For the reasons that it sucks being early in the season and cold, that's also a reason why the timing is great. It's kind of like the Wildcat Rogaine where it's like, you know, it's a good thing to motivate you to like want to get up and out of winter mode. And I feel the same way about this event. I also just, I really like the kind of like, it almost has like a fat ass feel Mm -hmm. like where Mm -hmm. it's like, well, we're not going to give you a map. We're going to give you a list of cemeteries. You figure it out, have a map, make it happen. Yeah. I can't really picture myself doing this again on a mountain bike. Yeah. I wouldn't want to. I know that you guys are saying, I mean, other than you, Annie, everyone else doesn't have gravel bikes or cross bikes. I would rather have shoulder carried and run through the mud and had faster times on the road than done what we did because it's there's just so much resistance involved. Because if it is a bike race and you want to go fast, then that's really the way to go. I also think that decision is the difference between using this event as a training event yep. for our other adventure race sure. ventures yep. and trying to win it. So I don't True, know. But you can get the same training in on a cross bike that you can on the mountain bike. You're doing the same work. You're just in a mildly different position. Yeah. So you're already thinking about next year. Though. I'm not and I hate it. And also no. <laughs> nope. I would do it again because the same reason I would do Shenandoah Epic again. I just want to I just want to try it again and not be so goddamn fucking pitiful for such a long amount of time. It doesn't feel good to me to have that experience at a race. Like I know that I can do this event and not feel so fucking sad. Yeah, you can. You can. <laughs> oh god, I just I like when I don't know what's coming. That's yeah. the joy for me and there's so many races to do in this world that I'd rather constantly do new ones and not know what type of pain is coming my way. I really don't like to know anymore. Like that's why going to places where I've mountain biked so much really bothers me because I'm like, here it comes that stupid route that I always fall on. I'm going to fall on it. Yeah. Or just like, here comes the horrible climb that I hate. And then I just ruin my own time with the things that I don't like about it. Yeah. I want new. Let's find a different. Rates. Did you know that a common a common trait of Enneagram 7s is not dwelling in negative emotions? I hate you. I'm also a 7. I still hate you. <laughs> I'll get over it. I always do. I always do get over it. And I'll go to whatever you ask me to. I just don't love this. Yeah. I, I still don't know what, I still kind of don't know what to make of it. There were parts that I really loved, like it was hard. And also, I want to call out, this was my first ever bike race. Yeah, amazing. I've never done a bike race before. We should consider doing a Roubaix if we're going to do like a hard effort. Like okay. this Saturday was also the Barry Roubaix, which I know a lot of our friends were out racing a gravel race. Um, and that's feels a little bit more community style and like there's groups that stay together and it's more like almost tour style, but like I think you certainly can win it. But uh, I don't know what I want. I don't want to race fucking bicycles. I know. 
I got. I, I don't have my phone near me, but <laughs> Sam Hartman sent me a great meme today that said, "Like you said, no more bikes." And the cat that's like grimacing across the table that says, "No more bikes." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, yeah. I know. I know. It's good training because we're doing our next upcoming race is the Berryman Adventure Race. Hopefully, they'll let me into it. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be a good deal of mountain biking. It's an 18-hour traditional adventure race mm-hmm. in Missouri, in Eminence, Missouri. Ha <laughs> I know we're racing for the first time ever because people keep asking me. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, we're going with our core, core team, me, Annie, and Laura. And I, I would say I'm stoked. I would like to also at some point between now and nationals, I'll learn how to paddle. I would like to learn how to bike. <laughs> so we have some learning to do if we we're going to win nationals. Yeah. I, I'm i also just going to keep dumping my sad feelings out for everyone. I definitely thought during this race, like, I'm not going to the Berryman Adventure Race. Like, I I can't. I can't go through this again where I'm just getting sled dogged and dragged by my teammates. It's a great thing you're a seven. <laughs> You're just gonna I have still, to I let still, that go. I still have I still have some of that. Like today? Yes. Yeah. I'm a salty dog today. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm really not sure. This I think is I have such a, a fun episode. It's such a fun episode. I think I think that like obviously I didn't wake up better after my big bout of depression and I think I have a little sneaky depression coming in where I like get you to go do a fun thing and when I come back I feel like a little bit like all the juice has been sucked out, you know, mm-hmm. when you like take a shitload of ecstasy and you dance for like 24 hours yeah. and then Monday. Is this when we tell them that we took a bunch of ecstasy while we raced? <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's the answer. You just like juice out, use out all your serotonin and then you come back all crispy and uh-huh. sad. I feel a little crispy and sad today. I mean, I think a lot of people, there were a ton of hundreds this weekend. There were a ton of ultras. There were a ton of gravel races. There's a good likelihood that if you listen to this podcast, you did one of those really hard races this past weekend, and maybe you're feeling like I feel, which is like, we used to call this the um, office space feeling, where when you come back, you feel like dismantling your cubicle, kicking it down, and like looking out the window to just, you know. Taking a sledgehammer to a fax machine, that kind of thing. Yeah, like, think about like how stupid and meaningless life is when you're not doing the hardest and most amazing thing ever. I really have to cut that shit out. And guys, I'm telling you, you do too. Because <laughs> there's value in your everyday life. And the principles that you learned in those places, they apply to your life. You just have to remember that they do. So it's not that you went to the top of the mountain and learned that you have this incredible resilience and strength. You have to take it back down from the mountain, just like you did at any other like corporate retreat or spiritual weekend. It's the same thing that happened to you when you ground yourself into a mealy pace this Saturday. You come back and you realize, I'm a person that doesn't give up. I'm a person that rides in the wind with snow in my eyes, and I don't cry and I don't stop. And so if today is hard and I don't like it, I don't stop. It's the same principle. You're using the same strength. You're using the same resilience. I know. You hate that I'm trying to put a bow on it right now. I feel your loathing. I don't. It's not loathing. It's just... uh... Oh, God. Uh, I'll say the first word that came into mind. It's a little bit of self-hatred. Oh, dear. I know. Oh, dear. We got to work on this. I know. I just feel very frustrated. I also, and I actually made a note to talk about this, so I do want to make sure that we point this out. You and I have been 
actually sick, like with a cold. I was just thinking this. We've been, and I, COVID and colds, we've been sick for months, three months straight. And this last bug in particular, I am going on a week and a half and my voice is still fucked up yeah. because I'm congested. I'm going on like 16 still. days and I still have schmutz in my nose. And I didn't feel it. I didn't feel like it was a direct factor during the race, but like my training's been fucked for a week. Like I just feel like yeah. I feel like out of my group groove and all I've been eating is like soup and Cheez-Its for this last week yeah. and like man, I I just I'm still not myself. I just keep waiting for, like, the full-blown blanket to lift from me. But, like, I didn't run or bike or do anything for three weeks in January. That's the most I've ever taken off of exercise. And I just have not been feeling right. We're just not in our groove. Also, that was a bitch slap of a race. In addition to a bitch slap of some weather at that race. Yeah. So we have a lot of factors that really just kicked us in the schwans. Yeah, so I go back and forth between feeling like I want to drown in my self-pity and also being like, it feels hard because it was hard. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. you can still be joyful and fine because that's not uh, that's not the indicator of your value or your brain space. Yeah. I think something that came up on the van ride home is something that I've been thinking about, which is like, a lot of us have talked about like our spirituality and our like the joy that we receive from these races is like being a part of nature and like feeling the juiciness of being out in the world and and seeing nature. And for me when I asked myself that that question, my answer was like it's truly like being a part of a team and like when I'm descending or ascending and I'm looking back or I'm looking ahead and I'm seeing my women are with me, my strong women are with me and I'm in a beautiful place doing something hard and cool. It ha it has to do with nature, but it more has to do with like still this sense of like oneness of like coming together as like a community, as a team, as like a little unit and just being like proud to be a part of something that's doing something hard. And that like Every time I ride with you guys, that hits me so hard. I'm just so proud of us. Annie, you got to pull out of the mud, my sweet baby. I know. Wolf. I'm just still drowning. I'm still drowning in the mud. I was just thinking, so my answer around that question when we were talking about how our spirituality has changed like over the last 10 years, my answer was around like the sacredness and importance of connection with other humans. Mm -hmm. And like that really has become what I see as being one of the most important things or the things that we can create with one another. And I think, I think I just felt like disconnected oh, from y'all this weekend I see. I because see. like, I, like I, I couldn't keep up and I couldn't, I couldn't chat. I was not present. Mm -hmm. I was just, I was just, I was in the pain cave. I know so. what it's like. I know what it's like to be there to not be able to talk <sighs> and to just be really mad. And because I don't, tend to dwell in negative feelings like I it's it's wild because it feels like it's funny I can hear myself saying the exact same things that I've heard you say but I feel like oh but it's it's different but you felt you felt this exact same way before like when you said times I know so when you've said before like I don't want to ever do that again I'm like yeah but I'm I'm for real I for real don't want to ever do that again and like these are these are commonalities in our experience and like mm -hmm. I also know this is what happens when I'm driving I'm like pushing myself to do things that I haven't done before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyways, 
(laughs) (laughs) Glad we could share this moment of inspiration with you. Thanks for coming to our sad bag mud party. I'll be okay, I promise. We'll both be okay. We're doing an adventure race in two weeks, so yeah, we'll be fine. We'll fucking pull up. Also, if the sun would come up and warm and it would stop fucking snowing, I would feel like a million fucking dollars. So, no anyways, until no next time, we are Burf Barf. Burf Barf. Burf Barf.